Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast on The Athletic. Nice pass, Jokic! Nice and I told him, listen, if you see me around Denver, Colorado, anywhere, it's all about the Nuggets right now. Rainbow. Hello and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Cosmatter, joined by my colleague, Kendra Andrews. We have a lot to talk about today, from the Nuggets closing their practice facility to Nikola Jokic's uncertain return to the United States to NBA bubble concerns. But first, Kendra, we just spoke to Denver Nuggets coach Michael Malone for the first time in more than a month, and uh, Denver's coach touched on a, on a wide range of topics. What was the thing that stood out to you most? I think it, it, this is kind of broad, but just how little we actually talked about basketball. You know, of course, we talked about the bubble in Orlando, and like you mentioned, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. And we talked about you know racial un, unrest that's happening in our in our country right now. And I think throughout the entire conversation, which was about 15, 20 minutes long, there was only one question that was specifically about basketball and specifically about Michael Porter Jr. And everything else was about these other, um, you know, factors that are, that are happening right now that are impossible to ignore. And I think that that just says so much about even with the NBA's return, what everyone's mind is on and how, that is going to be such an emphasis for them down in Orlando. And, 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 you know, coach Malone talked a lot about how he and other coaches are, are working with Brian Stevenson, who um, is the director of the equal justice initiative um, and, and other people to kind of figure out how can they use the bubble as an opportunity to also raise awareness. Um, and so I just, I think that that stuck out to me most that yes, the NBA is, now like less than about 30 days away and yet we're barely even talking about basketball still yeah it's a good point and I think it's because look I mean basketball these guys know when and if they get down there and safely and and finally play like that part of it is is a known like when they actually are on the court and they're playing like granted the no fans thing is going to be an interesting uh you know flying the ointment but overall that that's what they know that's that's going to be kind of the one comforting feeling but there's so much outside of that that is that continues to be uh, the, continues to be unknown, continues to cast probably you know concerns, doubt, anxiety, whatever you want to call it about about this whole thing. And so, so let's start off there. Obviously, at the very beginning of the call, Michael Malone uh, addresses the fact that there were reports out there yesterday that the Nuggets did in fact close their facility on Saturday. Um, up until that point, players had been able to be at the Pepsi Center practice facility. And working out voluntarily with coaches, I, I know a lot of Nuggets players had, had taken advantage uh, of that voluntary opportunity. Uh, but after they said uh, several members of the team's traveling party, and we don't know whether that's coaches, players, staff members, what have you, but they ultimately made the decision to to shut it down after after some positive tests started to come back following that uh, June 23rd date in which the whole entire league um, or most of it was was tested. Um, you know, look, it's, it's certainly an interesting situation, whether you say, is this, is this an abundance of caution? Uh, Did did this happen because they, they maybe are linking some of, some of the positive tests to activities uh, at the facility? Uh, Obviously, Michael Malone said that this was a matter of us trying to, uh, trying to put the health of our team ahead of this phase three opening, which again, today was supposed to be all players mandatory in the gym for staggered 
uh, mandatory individual workouts. So one on zero, again, players working with coaches only this time in a mandatory sense. And, and obviously Michael Malone and his coaching staff being able to view, uh, view these workouts. So, you know, again, this, it, to me, it just shows that the NBA's plan to, to get people on a timeline to test, um, to, to get healthy, whatever the case might be, and then have X amount of time to also be ramping up physically, uh, getting ready to play high level basketball here in, in just, just a month. Uh, these plans have just been rife with potential problems because of, of the coronavirus and it's totally unpredictable nature. Uh, and now the nuggets are looking at the fact that if these are, if these are players um, who tested positive um, within the last week or so, um, may not be able to go down with the team when they travel and, and have to join the team uh, separately after their own kind of travel and then quarantine. So Kendra, the thing that sticks out to me is that while the NBA says, yeah, you're going to get here July 7th, you're going to quarantine for a couple of days, and then July 9th or 10th, you can start these full team workouts and have about three weeks to, to have those before games start. To me now, it's looking like that time is going to be cut into that. Maybe it's only two and a half weeks. Maybe it's two weeks that you have your full team. So the more this goes on, it just seems to me harder and harder for teams to really get this, this extended ramp up period. And that's if nothing else goes wrong, which we, we know it certainly has the opportunity and, and possibility to do so. Right. And I mean, I think you hit the, the, the nail on the head. It's just so unpredictable. We don't, we, we know a lot more than we did four months ago about coronavirus, but there's still so much that we don't know. So we don't know, you know, we're, we're the people who've been tested positive, you know, were they, were they just staying at home and staying in place and doing all the right steps and they still got it somehow, because then that's also concerning for when you get into a bubble, if it's, if you're still taking all the steps and somehow people are still getting it, it's, uh, it's really hard to plan for. And, and yeah, I think it's, it's, there's going to have to be some, a lot of fluidity with this situation and what happens with teams once they you know, leading up to Orlando and once they get there. Yeah. And, and so look, you can, you can kind of look at that and say that closing down the facility, you, you do, you're giving up, um, you're giving up several days in which you are hoping to get players in the gym and, and help toward that ramp up period. That is going to be so important to get back on the floor and play this high level basketball, because most players haven't had the opportunity to be in these kind of runs uh, in a long time. Obviously we know that some players have probably found, some gyms found some pickup games if they felt like they were safe, but nothing that would compare to what they are going to be able to replicate once they start scrimmaging down in Orlando, once they start having maybe a couple exhibition games before the restart. And so again, every, I guess every day you have less to, to get physically ready on an already condensed timeline is concerning. Um, you know, and that's, that's a concern players have voiced. It's, it's not just the coronavirus, um, which I think there's probably, varying levels of concern among players, given how, you know, we've seen certain players seem to be very much in this completely bunkered down uh, mentality, whereas, whereas others seem to be a, a little more willing to, you know, to, you know, safely as they can, but, but get out, whether it's to gyms and, and stuff like that to, to, again, it's their livelihood to try to get ready. Um, so I just think you have differing attitudes towards that. But I, but I do think that the general concern for injury is probably, um, equally high among most players. And so again, that the facility closure thing, the nuggets are balancing that idea of like, Hey, we, we need to get guys ramped up. But if, if we have two or three people and maybe they're players 
that tested positive for the coronavirus and all of a sudden we keep the gym open, you know, maybe that, that spreads or, or we have asymptomatic carriers, whatever the case is. And all of a sudden now we have half of our traveling party or a fourth of our traveling party isn't ready to go down to Orlando on Tuesday. And, and now you're just, you're just even more behind the eight ball. Um, it, it seemed to me like a, a prudent choice, but certainly Kendra, one that's probably a difficult choice to make. Totally. I mean, I don't think any, any player when they're making this choice is making it lightly. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine that being the case. And I can't imagine the conversations that they have uh, with their families and their coaches and, and their teammates probably about, you know, figuring out what the best way to handle this is. And, and it's, it's, there's, I mean, there's a lot. And Michael Malone mentioned that in the conference, you know, just of all these other factors that go into heading into the bubble, leaving your family of like the actual thought of you were living in isolation, except for those interactions that you have in, in games and in practices. And it's like, that's a lot. And that's a big decision to make. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's expected to have a varying, um, you know, reactions throughout the league as it does, you know, in, in a wider sense of there's various reactions throughout the country of how to go about with this. And then you, you know, bring it back into the micro with the NBA. So it makes sense that people have different reactions and, and feelings towards it. So Kendra, let's move on here. Nikola Jokic, obviously we know, tested positive for the coronavirus while in Serbia, Um, That was reported last week. Um, Michael Malone kind of conceded to the fact that Nikola Jokic uh, wasn't back in Denver yet. He said that he's doing well, he's he's healthy, and that they are fully expecting him to get back in time to join the Nuggets as they fly to Orlando. Right now, Denver is scheduled to be among the first teams to head down there again on Tuesday. Um, (laughs) You know, this timeline here is getting... (laughs) Pretty dicey with with Denver's Denver's best player. Look, I mean, yeah. he's he's conveyed that he's fully ready to to get down there and, and play. But international travel right now is is no joke, and I'm sure that there are there are probably some some hoops to jump through, some some testing that has to has to go favorably. Um, it, it's coming down to the wire here. Yeah, I mean, look between what we were just talking about before about depending on. The, the recovery time for these these traveling members who tested positive may or may not be able to, you know, go with the team and they're they're set back in the training facility. Now you have Nicole Jokic who is not even back in the United States, not back in Denver. I mean, I'd be sweating a little bit. It, it's 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 a little, you know, <laughs> nerve wracking. Like you said, it's down to the wire and it. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those situations. There's, there's not much you can do about it. It's, it's a wait and figure it out. We're going to do what we can, but it's not like there's extra steps that you can be taking to make someone recover quicker, test negative quicker, fly the plane quicker. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely time schedules for the nuggets right now. Don't seem to be their best friend. If they do figure out how to fly the plane quicker, I feel like that should be sort of a, a widespread improvement across the board, across That's the true. industry. That would be that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the Nuggets are the Nuggets are obviously doing everything behind the scenes necessary to expedite whatever processes are in place. Um, but you're right. There's there's probably a lot of mechanisms that you know they can't control, and that that's what's, again some of the weird the weird stuff about this whole situation is you know the the NBA 
major professional sports leagues like the NBA are so used to being able to have the resources and to have, um, you know, really just the, the big mechanisms in place to, to get what they need to get. Right. right. And so, um, but the, in these times that are so, um, you know, different, it, it's, it's, I think the league is finding that a lot of these things, you know, are more, much bigger challenges than they've ever had to deal with in the past. I mean, that, that's obviously true for, for a lot of us, for a lot of organizations in general. Um, but it is going to be just an interesting thing. You mentioned we didn't really get into the basketball portion of it, but, but obviously it goes without saying that the Nuggets, the Nuggets aren't a title contender in this. They're, they're probably not even, um, you know, a contender to make any kind of real run if Nikola Jokic uh, isn't operating at kind of his optimal level. And so, look, we don't know, you know, we don't know how severely he's been affected by this. Um, we don't know really kind of what it's done to his ability to work out or anything like that. Um, all that stuff feels a little bit secondary. It's, it sometimes feels weird talking about this in a basketball sense, simply because this is a real life thing that's caused a lot of damage to a lot of families across the world and especially in the United States. Um, but from the basketball perspective, they're going to need him to obviously be ready to go at about the time the training camp starts in order to, in order to make sure that he's, he's ready. I mean, here's a guy who was playing 40 minutes per game during the playoffs. How do you think they'll kind of, you know, the kind of organize the way that they, we didn't really talk to Michael Malone about this, but play guys like Jokic in those eight buildups games. It would seem to me like you're straddling a, straddling a line between saying, Hey, we need to get guys fully ready, get them in shape for this playoff run, but also saying like, you know, maybe guys are going to need that time to, to get acclimated again, to get their lungs underneath them. What, what's just sort of your take on how the Nuggets should proceed with these eight restart games? Right. And I also think it'll be interesting for Nicole Jokic because he, you know, did go through that body transformation over the past couple months and, and really got himself into, you know, at least from the pictures, what seems to be great shape and stuff. I think in terms of like how you play these guys, I think part of it comes down to who they're playing. Um, the schedules came out last week and, you know, they're, they're opening up against the Heat and, and then, you know, then they'll get into more conference games against the Jazz and they play Portland and then they play both Los Angeles teams um, in back-to-back games, not nights, but, um, you know, with one one night in between. And I think, you know, as – no one wants anyone to get injured. No one wants anyone – in those eight games, the point is to get through those eight games to get your seating spot to then make it to the playoffs and make that push. And so in my mind, it would be, you know, let's – in these first couple games, especially that first game, that's not even against a Western conference opponent. Let's ease you guys back into it. Make sure your legs are under you get back to running, uh, you know, in the full speed of the game that you haven't done in four months. Um, And then maybe as you get into those games that have that, that will decide your seating a little bit more because it's a pretty tight, race in, in the Western conference, especially near the bottom, but you know, things can change. And so in those games, maybe against both LA teams, okay, let's give you a little bit more playing time to make sure that you have that stamina to, to, to where you were before the season stopped. But I, I don't know if, I don't know if there's going to be a need every game to play Nikola Jokic 35 minutes or, or, you know, Gary Harris is playing 40 minutes and Jamal Murray, you know, those guys are playing so many minutes. I don't know if that's like the wisest thing to do. And in these eight games leading up to um, the playoffs 
And I, and I think it depends on who they're going to be facing from a game to game scenario. Yeah, I agree. It'll be, it'll be an interesting thing to gauge simply because again, he's such a fulcrum of what you do and, and to really kind of fully understand how you're playing and, and how well things are operating. Um, so much of that is gauged by how well things are running around Nicole Jokic. So it'll, it'll certainly be something that we'll, we'll continue to monitor, continue to monitor again. Michael Malone sound sounded optimistic and, and certainly hopeful that Nicole Jokic will, will be back in Denver, you know, in the coming days, again, in enough time for him to be able to travel with uh, the members of the team who will be able to go on Tuesday, July 7th. And obviously it seems like there might be a couple members of that party who have to travel on their own afterward. Kendra, you mentioned this a little bit at the top. One of the big things that Michael Malone talked about was the NBA's need to, to really maximize its platform in the fight for, uh, you know, racial justice in the fight against police brutality and we've seen a lot of the things that are going to come from the NBA, uh, some, some of the symbolic things, right, like painting Black Lives Matter on all the courts um, so that that will be a very uh, prevalent message throughout every game that gets played, uh, the ability to allow players um, to, to, to paint either names or, or messages on their, on their jerseys. Um, so, that, so that's another thing that's going to be going on there. But I, th- I thought the component that was interesting about Michael Malone talking is he gave an insight into what the coaches – the coaches association is doing, um, you know, creating a subcommittee called the NBA coaches for racial justice that is head by Atlanta coach Boyd Pierce, who, who Mike Malone says has done a phenomenal job with this community, uh, this, this committee, um, partnering again with the, the Obama foundation. And as you mentioned, the equal justice initiative, uh, led by Brian Stevenson, who, whose story is told, um, you know, in, in the recent movie, just mercy. Um, he, he's a really, uh, a really pivotal figure in, in the world of, of racial justice and equality. Um, and so their, their kind of idea is to figure out a way to keep the message and the conversation where it needs to be, uh, was what Michael Malone said. He, he says that the, the Equal Justice Initiative has really been about helping, helping educate the coaches, first of all, and, and being able to, to share that information forward. Um, again, it, we still don't know kind of maybe the full actionable items that, that this committee is going to do, but it certainly sounds like you know, education, whether that be about uh, voting or, or simply gaining a better grasp of, of the history of racial injustice in this country is sort of going to be at the forefront of their platform. What was your opinion on seeing what the coaches from Malone's perspective are trying to do with this? I mean, I think it's great to see. I think the, the first step in, in addressing anything is education and educating yourself, because if you don't know, you can't really talk about it and you aren't going to change any minds if you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I think the fact that, you know, they're, they're, the coaches themselves are taking time to learn about the history and learn about the roots of this issue is really, you know, important. And so then they can, you know, take those actionable steps into their own communities um, and, and hopefully put some motion forward um, and I think that that's not something that you necessarily see in in some other leagues or in, in, and even just in in businesses. I think that you see a lot of statements um, and you hear a lot of words about how you know people or places or companies stand against this, but then they don't really say, well, what are we like we're not going to do anything about it. We're just saying that we're against it. And so I think the fact that the NBA is saying we are against this and we are putting something together to actively be a part of the solution um, 
is something that really reflects the players. I mean, you have so many outspoken players here who are taking action in their communities and who are, you know, you mentioned voting, who are trying to get people more informed about voting and making sure that they go out and vote and who are leading marches um, in their respective cities and who are just doing so much stuff. And so I think that that, you know, is, is really good to see. And Micah Mullen mentioned, you know, like you said, Nick, there's going to be Black Lives Matter painted on the court and they're going to have, you know, names or phrases on the back of their jerseys. Uh, Some players might kneel during the national anthem, but there's only eight regular season games before the playoffs and then the playoffs and then what happens. So it's important to take action and make sure that they have some things set in, in motion because once the NBA season ends, they, they still want to be a part of this conversation and a part of this change. And I think that they're taking that really seriously. Yeah. I just think that Michael Malone is, you, you can see with this, like he, he's a very extremely passionate individual, right? So, so whatever it is, he'll tell you that sometimes, sometimes to a fault, um, you know, that, that he just, but he just gets, he, he dives into things very deeply that he cares about. And, you know, I was struck when I spoke with him on the phone a few weeks back, um, his big thing right then and there was this cannot be something where we're in it now. And, and, and it's a cause now that everybody um, is involved in. But then as soon as basketball starts, we kind of just allow it to sort of drift into the background again. He, he's mm-hmm. been, he's been very clear. Um, and today he said, this is the moment. This is unlike all the other years. We have to carry this through. And, and he's a guy that's been putting, you know, kind of been putting that passion into action Obviously, he, he helped orchestrate a, a town hall in Denver with, with the mayor's office, with, with leadership from the police department, um, and with some of his own players talking about things that could be done to address um, police brutality and other injustice issues in the Denver community. And, you know, we've seen like former Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall ha- had some of those same interactions with the Denver police department. And so, again, that, that was a way for him to, to sort of start putting things into action. He obviously, him and members of his coaching staff and the Nuggets support staff uh, marched in a Juneteenth silent march in Denver on, on June 19th. And, you know, again, his, his passion through this with, you know, being a real part of this coach's subcommittee um, and, and really wanting to dive into the education. I mean, he shared that the Equal Justice Initiative uh, has a calendar um, where every day there, there is, there is a moment in, in the history of racial injustice in the country that, that helps educate, you know, people about, about things that happened in the past. Um, Kendra, we got to, we got to close here, but I, I just, I, I think one of the other things that, that popped up to me was with some of the, the real bubble concerns, you mentioned it a little bit at the top, um, you know, 90 days, he said, if, if we make it through this thing where I'm not going to see my family and even for, even for coaches who travel throughout the country um, throughout the season, obviously a lot of time spent away from their family, but never just this long, consistent run in which you can't, you know, you can't hug your wife and your kids. Um, you know, that, that, that part of it's tough and, and certainly a different way of life that they're going to be used to. What would, what would be, if you were going into this bubble, your, your biggest uh, concern, um, you know, biggest thing you were um, worried about living without? Like an item I'd be worried about living with? Well, not necessarily an item or just, just, you know, just, just a reality, whatever it might be. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think, I think you get such into like a routine or at least I get into such a routine, you know, wake up, work out. I try and go outside at least once a day to get that sunshine and 
you know, endorphins, stay happy <laughs> and during all of this. And I think, yeah, being, being plucked out and not, especially those couple days when they're in isolation of just literally not having any kind of human interaction. Um, the, what you, whatever you don't, like you're not in your home and there's something so comforting being in your home, especially when uh, there's so much going on right now. Just being with your family is just such a comforting thing. Um, and so I think that would probably like Malone said, I guess, be being away from them would be really hard. And then I think, I don't know, I think I'd be kind of just on edge about, and Malone mentioned this with Disney employees not actually being officially part of the bubble and going in and out. But I do think I'd be a little on edge about, because uh, we've just been so trained to stay six feet apart from people, don't get too close, don't have too much interactions with them. And I think that kind of breaking that um, would be an, a harder barrier for me. <laughs> Yeah. And that, that's going to be something that psychologically is going to be, even when we go back into right. quote unquote normal life, it's always going to just seem like, why are you close to me? Human being? <laughs> like, it just, it's, it's one of those things that's just going to be that way. I think for, for a while. Yeah. I, I agree with all of that. I, obviously going a long time without seeing your family going that long is, is really for a lot of us just sort of unimaginable to, to be gone that long. Um, you know, again, these guys travel a lot, being away from their family sometimes is part of the thing, but you know, a lot of, a lot of times that people, these players have people close to them who, you know, travel with them or meet them in cities and stuff like that. So that is just a complete, a complete departure from the normal. I, and, and then there, there's the whole idea too, that Michael Malone made clear that the, you know, the, the testing itself every day right. is, is not an enjoyable experience in any way. And then I feel like there's always the anxiety of, of just waiting to, you know, waiting to, to get your results every single mm-hmm. day. That that's, that's probably something that is, um, you know, uh, at least a little bit of anxiety that sits under the surface. So a, you know, a tournament like any other that they are getting ready to, to be a part of, uh, Kendra, what, any, anything else, any, any final thoughts from you as, as we kind of, uh, close off here? No, I mean, I think just it's good. It's going to be interesting to to see how the lead up to Orlando continues. I, I think it hasn't started off in the way that everyone has hoped it would start it off. Um, and so just to kind of see where the nuggets go from here, where the league goes from here is going to be a really interesting development. Yeah, hopefully when we when we record again next week, the nuggets will have arrived uh, safely <laughs> yes. in Orlando and, and real basketball can kind of seem to be on the horizon. Until then, you know what to do. Uh, subscribe to our podcast and whichever app you use, and be sure to give us a five-star review. Let us know how you are doing. You can also give us comments on each episode inside of the Athletic app, so go ahead and communicate us, communicate with us there, and we, should, we always appreciate the interaction. Until next time, thanks for stopping by.